welcome to the Deuce Podcast. I'm Brad. And I'm Jeremy. And Jeremy, we are doing episode 141. Big palindrome there. I'm a huge palindrome fan. It's a small palindrome. I love palindromes. I know you do. Lonely Tylenol, palindrome. Yeah. Race car, palindrome. Yeah. Yeah. Uzi rat in a sanitary zoo. Mm Mm-hmm. Palindrome. There you go. Anything palindrome. I love it. I know you do. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, golf? No, sir. I prefer prison flog. My favorite palindrome. I think it's we're the way it is. A little off track. I'm a little off track. I'm super excited about this week's episode. We have a a, a fabulous guest. You would say, Jeremy? Yes. Yes. And we, we are, are. We are like, super it's hard excited to describe how excited we are <laughs> to have him here with us today. But first, we are doing Scream Two. Yes. Um. Uh. Wes Craven's classic. You yes. would say. And we we decided uh, to bring on... We haven't had a guest forever. We haven't had a guest forever. It's been forever. Uh, we decided to bring on uh, John Hernandez, but you might know him as Stan the Mechanic. He is a writer, comedian, and actor from New York City. New York. And he is the writer-creator of Stan the Mechanic, which is a, you would say, a horror showcase show. Yes. That uh, in the vein of like Elvira, Joe Bob Briggs, yeah. in a way. Um, who's that one guy? Sven, or I can't think of his name. Sven Gulli? Yeah, but but only better. I like John's. Yeah, well, yeah, John's, sure. John's the best. But anyway, he plays the title character, uh, Stan the Mechanic. I almost said John the Mechanic. That's how excited I am. To have, to have uh, John on. Please welcome John Hernandez. John, welcome to the Deuce Podcast. Hello, boys. Thank you for having me. <laughs> we are super, super excited for you to be here, in case you couldn't tell. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm so, like, ready to get into Scream 2. What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's a novel idea, having three gay guys talk about Scream. Yeah, it's never been done before. <laughs> anyway, tell us a little bit about Stan the Mechanic, would you, John? Absolutely. Well, um, Stan the Mechanic is the one and only satanic mechanic commissioned by Satan himself to wreak havoc on humankind through use of their automobiles. And he runs his shop out of Brooklyn in New York City, of course. And he has two demonic assistants named Brad and Janet that show up to cause chaos for him (laughs) and for the customers every now and again. And basically, you know, it's their punishment to come and work with Stan since, you know, they're from hell. And uh, (laughs) during our downtime at the workshop, we watch horror movies and uh, do ridiculous things uh, around the storylines so it's uh it's super fun and uh like you were saying it, it's like stan is kind of the the love child of elvira and joe bob briggs at least they're the, <laughs> the biggest uh influences there so you know we just we get silly we uh you know tell lots of uh dick jokes and watch horror movies what more could you want you know what I i'm think, saying so it's, it's the dream it is the dream it, it, <laughs> it's a lot of fun i love it and it's it's been such a great ride so uh mm-hmm. and the the response has been fantastic so i'm just enjoying the ride now i love i love your recent episode with the short film collection these are three short films obviously i've never heard about and i loved all three of them in and then they're all different but i loved them oh my god thank you for introducing me to uh those three short movies no uh- Thank you for watching. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I really wanted to showcase 
you know, lesser known movies and, and talent and what better way, you know, than uh, kind of tapping into the Here TV library of short films and all three of the um, the filmmakers that were showcased were really excited and were thrilled to be a part of the show and they were good sports. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to, typically a horror host will really send up the movies and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I, I kind of made a conscious choice not to because I know how hard it is as, uh, you know, an artist uh, kind of starting from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And I, all three films were fantastic, so there really was nothing to make fun of. And, um, you know, I had seen innocent boy which was the last film <laughs> a couple of months ago and that just rocked my world wasn't that a great one yes, I, I, I mean it's so believe it. so crazy but wonderful all wrapped up into one yeah yeah they they were all great so it, it was a thrill to kind of be able to showcase them but you know never fear next episode we get back to the movies and i could be a a little more cheeky and campy <laughs> and, and rude about it <laughs> well we are excited to have you on, so we appreciate you coming on, and we are talking about Scream 2. You love this movie, don't you, Stan? Oh, my God. Absolutely. I mean, Scream, I think, is one of the strongest franchises in horror mm-hmm. history. I mean, granted, there's only four films, but it really it really is quality entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was talking to Jeremy yesterday about how, like, Friday the 13th is more like, like 80s kids and almost Scream is like the 90s version of that in a way where you got the slasher movie. It's like the new generation slasher movie for kind of like the 90s, early 2000s in a way. And so that the, the, these are just classics in their own right as well. <clears throat> and they should be celebrated, which I'm glad they are. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, people 100%. love these movies. This is a huge cast, by the way. Jada Pink and Smith, and uh, Omar Epps. You got Heather Graham. You got, uh, well, of course, Nev Campbell, but Leo Shriver. Everyone from the first movie pretty much shows up that wasn't killed. Um, but you got Joshua Jackson shows up for a cameo, and he is uh, film class guy number one. He doesn't even have a name. Yeah, we, this I, is like I before he was Dawson. Be a character, and it's yeah. just you got to remember where he was in his career. Yeah, I also love that they're they're talking about there are no good sequels, and he had been in uh, two of the Mighty Ducks sequels at that point. <laughs> so. Sarah Michelle Gellar shows shows up. Timothy Oliphant, which uh, crazy. Crazy turn that he has, of course, Jamie Kennedy. Uh, Jerry O'Connell shows up, which is great. Uh, and Laurie Metcalf. And we can't forget about the voice of uh, Ghostface, who is Roger Jackson, who you were telling me was... Um, he's um, he's a, a big voice actor, right? Yeah, he is a big voice actor. Like, who was he, he did, on uh, he Powerpuff did, like, Girls? He did um, Mojo Jojo on the Powerpuff mm-hmm. Girls, for any of you familiar with that. And then I found out he was Mr. Mucinex from the Mucinex commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, great. <laughs> I'm sure he wants. I'm sure he'd rather be Ghostface. Yeah. Um, I mean, do we have any um, like trivia that we want to share before we get into it? There, uh, anything stand that you know of? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my I goodness. know you do. Okay. So I, I mean, all right. Anybody who knows me personally, I, I am the biggest Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan <laughs> in in Christendom. So the fact that Sarah Michelle Gellar is in this film just rocks my world in ways I can't even describe because <laughs> I she is a national treasure. I love her. But um 
a few things. During her scene, when she's about to get killed, right, she is, of course, in the background, she's watching Nosferatu as a nod to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nice. So that that's great. That's on the TV. And then on the phone, um, I'm not sure if people realize this, they might, but Selma Blair's on the phone with her, who mm-hmm. was famously with her in uh, Cruel Intentions mm-hmm. with their hot lesbian kiss and all that stuff. But um, I also had famously heard with um, <clears throat> Sarah Michelle Geller that because she was so in shape and she, you know, she was doing her own stunts on Buffy some of the time and whatnot, that since in this movie she had to play a victim that they had to actually weigh down her shoes and stuff to slow her down because she was <laughs> flying up the stairs. She was, you know, like, so it was messing things up and they had to like handicap her because she was too like physically in shape. So I thought that was a cool little detail. That's and, crazy. Uh, yeah. Right. Because she was uh, just so, you know, so virulent and womanly. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I and then um I believe with her too, her character had a little bit more screen time that they ended up having to to cut out uh because they felt that it made the character seem a little too bitchy or insensitive. They wow. wanted you to be on her side when she yeah. got killed. Yeah. But um yeah, that you know, that was great. But uh in terms of casting, I think another fun detail is that Wes Craven does a little cameo in the background as an extra when they're uh when they're in the hospital after um Mm. Jerry O'Connell gets slashed. Mm-hmm. If you look quick, he's in the background of that scene. So I, uh, Wes Craven's always been great about kind of doing that Hitchcock thing where he turns up in his own movies a lot. Mm-hmm. So and he did the same thing in the first one. In the first movie. Yeah. Well, now I need to go back and look at it again. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be... Stands on top of it. <laughs> oh please. <laughs> well, and and John, the uh, I I have to admit, and Bradley already knows this because I talked about it, but I hadn't seen Scream Two. Um, when, <gasps> I, know, I know, I know, I know. When I first, I saw it like well right away, like the so, week it came out. Well, when I saw, yeah. so I was not a big fan of Scream when it came out. But I, this is also, you know, is before I started appreciating horror a little mm-hmm. bit more, and before I started learning more about it, and kind of opening my mind up to that a little bit more, and. uh you know, I just had always never had circled back to the Scream franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of part of what got me to I think I saw a Scream and I had seen Scary Movie, ah. which I mm-hmm. did not care for. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that one, I don't know. It, but but the, I guess it. Every time that I was like, I kind of associated Scream with Scary Movie then, and so every time. I thought about going back. I kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. So um, I was really excited to to watch Scream 2 because it was like, well, I never I never made it back there. Like, I mm. went through all the I know what you did last summers and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I should, you know, give Scream 2 a chance. Which is really strange because I'm usually the one that has never seen the sequel. You, you usually are. So I got to witness you go, yes. this isn't that bad. And I'm no. like, yeah, no, this is really good. Oh, no, yeah. And I was... Yeah. I was extremely pleased mm-hmm. with it like this was yeah like yeah. any i i kick myself for you know mm-hmm. <laughs> for not enjoying this when i could have been so, so. Uh, do we have, go ahead do we have a plot no, synopsis it, go ahead uh, yeah um so i'll just give a quick summary of okay. of the movie so uh it's been two years since the events uh in woodsboro 
the the setting of the original film. Uh, Sydney Prescott and Randy Meeks are trying to get on with their lives and are currently both students at Windsor College. Cotton Weary, uh, Lee Schreiber, uh, is out of prison and is trying to cash in on his unfortunate incarceration. Gail Weathers has written a bestseller, The Woodboro Murders, which has been turned into a film called Stab, starring Tori Spelling as Sydney. Uh, and Luke Wilson as Billy. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, I forgot to say that. Yeah. Uh, as the film's uh, play date approaches, the cycle of death begins anew. Dewey Riley immediately flies out of Woodsboro to try to protect Sydney, uh, his surrogate sister. But in this sequel to the 1996 horror film, the number of suspects only goes down as the body count slowly goes mm-hmm. up. Now, for me, what makes these movies so great are the openings of these movies. Especially this one that deals a lot with the meta and the meta humor and the meta horror that comes along that that Wes Craven would later on, you know, mm-hmm. kind of have. And I love that. I just love that that you have the stab movie inside um, the Scream or Scream 2. Um, and I love that aspect. Uh, Stan, how did you feel about this opening? I... Of, uh, I remember seeing it in theaters when it first came out. Um, I'm sorry, John. Why did I say Stan? That's okay. I answered both. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I remember seeing this in, in in theaters, and I remember, you know, I was a lot younger, but I, I remember being genuinely freaked out because, it, to me, it was just so brilliant. You have your audience in a dark movie theater, and you're opening your film in a dark movie theater with two people get, like, viciously butchered. So... It was very effective, but there were so many things about that opening scene that play into the whole, you know, meta thing that Scream is famous for. So not to be too much of a geek, but I'll like run down a few things if that's okay. That do it, do it. That that they touch on. So um, so the movie theater that they're going to see Stab in is the Rialto. So the exterior was shot in South Pasadena. Um, and the interiors were done at the Vista in Hollywood, but, um, South Pasadena is where the original Halloween was shot. So, um, fans of the franchise and Kevin Williamson, who is the queer writer creator of Scream, who we worship at his altar, um, (laughs) (laughs) he was enormously influenced, um, by Halloween and he references it a lot and it's kind of a mm-hmm. nesting doll because Halloween was an homage to Psycho and mm-hmm. Screaming is an homage to Halloween so I love that but anyway so we're in South Pasadena and then you open with Jada Pinkett Smith and and Omar Epps and the first conversation immediately you get into the meta thing they talk about how the horror genre has historically been very bad to you know the black community so mm-hmm. um so you have that discussion right there right up front and that's great to point that out and i love that they they give visibility to it but by the end of the film all but one black character have been killed but anyway at least they talk about it right it's <laughs> right. important to have the dialogue <laughs> but, <laughs> but um so you have that and then um they also point out how, you know, Stab is kind of meant to be kind of like an 80s throwback or whatever. And Heather Graham is getting naked. So Jada Pinkett says something about, yeah, why does she have to be butt ass naked? So, you know, they call out the the hypersexuality and mm-hmm. the maybe sort of misogyny of uh, older horror films, which whatever, you know, it's it's another discussion point for horror fans. And, <laughs> and 
<laughs> the thing I love too is that the movie Stab is supposed to be directed by Robert Rodriguez, yes. and they actually got him in yeah. to direct the scenes with Heather Graham and then Tori Spelling and um, um, yeah. um, Luke Wilson. Yeah, well, Luke Wilson. So you know, immediately, like you're you're three minutes in and. You're already in a movie within a movie within a culture dialogue within yeah <laughs> all this stuff oh so yeah it's, it was pretty fantastic yeah and, no, and um it, it uh, was... Jada's death scene is so dramatic and oh, over the God. top lest you forget that this movie was written by a gay man you have this <laughs> this woman getting stabbed repeatedly and then she gets up on stage with a big like uh photo of Ghostface behind her shrieks at the top of her lungs and drops dead in front of everybody. So dramatic. So over the top. I live. I love. I celebrate. <laughs> well, and that, that all that scene, was great. That scene altogether, like, and, and I guess one of my, one of my things on, with Scream 2, I was just like, I sometimes like, sometimes I love in the horror films, like when you get a, a pretty gruesome, like more than just the stabbing kind of death. Um, and just right out the gate when you get the uh, the knife through the the wall of the bathroom stall, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of the, the the knife glory hole, the glory yeah. hole kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you get the knife through the wall, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god! Just to me, that's the kind of stuff I I love because it makes me cringe and makes me go, oh god, that'd be so terrible. And but you know I. I agree with you too. Like, it, I think the thing that makes Jada Pinkett Smith's death, uh, like to me, I was just like, "Oh, this is amazing!" It's just because it's, it, and it almost does have a little bit of the dialogue too. People are so, you know, hyper, you know, associated with the violence. They were mm-hmm. expecting it. You gave the audience a bunch of knives and costumes, and here they are right. dressing up and waving their knives, and she's crying for help. Mm-hmm. You know, screaming, trying to get people to help her. And everybody's ignored it. Everybody is just, you know, not seeing it for what it is until she gets up front. And then there's this moment where yeah, everyone takes their. You start to see people realize it, and then there's the moment when like everybody has their masks up and everybody is stopped, and it's just Mm -hmm. like right as she dies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I love that scene. I thought it was fantastic. She's looking great in this. I'm so glad that she has this moment too. Yeah, like she like she rocks the scene. Like she just like makes everything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not to say anything about about Omar Epps, but this is almost like Jada's like scene. You know, it's like yeah, boom. This made me miss going to the movies too. By the way, yes. like I was just like, damn it, yeah. I just want to go through the movies and see something to shut my mind off, and then just to interact with everyone and and have that experience again. Yeah. Where because I get to I get to watch this with you knowing that this is a meta moment yeah. and that you're gonna love this yes. and it's just them sitting back going mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah let's watch this yes it's perfect. yeah I can imagine like in a theater that would have probably well, yeah because like even the way that John said where it's like this yeah. Russian doll of meta you are also witnessing someone in a theater who's witnessing a movie. Uh, inspired by a different movie, inspired by a different, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, God, what's so fun about that? That is so great, you know? Yeah. I, uh, and I thought it was a a great way to kick it off, too. I think that the, I think part of the, by the time I went into Sea Scream, uh, when I had originally Mm -hmm. gone, the scene with Drew Barrymore, like you had seen 
over and over commercial again. Stuff I mean, and people had already kind of spoiled it, and yeah. it was like, I think if I had gone in not knowing what that was going to be, mm-hmm. then it might have, you know, landed a little bit better for me. And so I really didn't know what was going to happen with this, and mm-hmm. so like I was just like, this is, this lands just great for me. I think another uh, thing that we didn't um, like, it, like the performances alone are really, really good, actually. Like, yeah. the, the, like when they have the scene in the classroom when they talk about the, how sequels are, you know, inferior or which are, which are the sequels that are good, you know? There's no sequels that are good. Um, this is that moment, another meta moment, where I'm like, <laughs> he's giving, like, a little thumb, you know, uh, you know, his nose thumb at, his nose at, at uh, the movie industry saying, you know what? I am going to make this a really good sequel. And the performances alone, like just Nev Campbell blows my mind in this movie. She's just wonderful, you know. And um, Jerry O'Connor, Laurie Metcalf has the, that psycho turn. Even Timothy Oliphant is just chewing up scenery at the oh end. Oh, my gosh. And you just love it. Like, there's, it's just so fun to have a movie like this. Yeah. Because you don't really get, like... You know, nowadays with um, you get movies like Get Out nowadays who would with that social consciousness to it, and it's not like you don't have fun with those horror movies. You do, but you have fun in a different way. This is just flat out, just balls to the wall popcorn fun, and yeah. I love it. You know what I mean? So I mean, I'm I know you do, John. You love this movie. Mm-hmm. Now you um. Uh, I noticed on social media you had a, a photo of um, uh, Matthew Lillard. Did you did you met Matthew Lillard? Oh yeah, um, yeah? they did a, a big scream reunion at Monster Mania in um, I guess 2019 at this point. So uh, he was there. <clears throat> Nev Campbell was there. Um, Jamie Kennedy was there and uh, Roger L. Jackson, the voice of Ghostface, was there. So uh, <laughs> nice. I. I fanboyed my little heart out and went and met with all of them. And what a dream come true. I mean, uh, Nev Campbell. Okay. Like for me, scream is amazing. My be all and end all is Halloween. So Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. is my ultimate everything, which I know groundbreaking, but, uh, <laughs> Nev, <laughs> Nev Campbell is a close second. So meeting her was a, big freaking deal and i was like so nervous but she was very kind and professional and you know really like embraces her status as a scream queen because you know a lot of actresses Mm -hmm. don't like that considering she's also had a you know a long career but um she was amazing and matthew lillard was just funny just giving you he was giving you stew you know what i'm saying he was giving Mm -hmm. you everything you wanted from him he was like really funny and approachable and um Jamie Kennedy, though, was, um, you know, allegedly, I'll say, uh, stoned out of his face during the <laughs> convention. So, um, so that that led to a lot of uh, funny panel moments and uh, just interacting with him. And uh, Roger L. Jackson happily talks to you in the voice of Ghostface. So oh I was God. like, all I was, you know, my panties were wet. So it was just. <laughs> it was, it, it was a good a good time yeah. and it's great to see like the, the films mean so much to so many people like that their standing room doesn't even cover it like the 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 room for the panel was 
like filled wall to wall. There was, you know, a, a line waiting like pretty much around the whole like convention center to get into that. So wow. people love their scream. I got to tell you. Yeah. I mean, what do you think this was like? What what hit about the scream franchise that you think is just that just blew up? I mean, I mean, it's not necessarily just one performance or one thing. It's like a combination of all this thing that just hit at the, the right moment. You know, and like it's just a like a wonder to watch that, like, and it's so great oh, yeah. that you got to experience that. Yeah, yeah, it's I think wonder. it was because at the time that the original Scream came out, like the slasher genre in particular was mm-hmm. kind of dead, dead in the water, yeah. and this really reinvigorated it. I mean, the, this changed horror for a long time. It's like it, horror it was itself so was. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Uh, it, it was. Uh, it was, you know, truly groundbreaking and, and mm-hmm. just the, the meta humor of it all and, and, you know, just winking at the audience. Like, you know, it, it seemed like it was a, a horror movie made by horror fans for horror fans, which I guess essentially it was. You know, Kevin Williamson is a huge um, horror fanatic himself mm-hmm. and also, by the way, has a cameo in Scream 2. He's uh, he plays the interviewer that's interviewing Cotton Weary when oh, okay. uh, Sydney's watching oh, yeah, yeah, her yeah. TV in the dorm room. So mm-hmm. I'm, nice. I'm glad he at least got his his uh, <laughs> face in there too. So <laughs> well, and I think that I think that the first movie, um, like now when I think back to it, it was it was a lot of it was almost like a not it was an homage to you know what came before but it was also establishing that like we're not going to be yeah this isn't your grandfather like it wasn't yeah Ghostface was not like your slow ambling kind of you know psycho killer who you run and run and somehow is always just there and just meandering along Mm -hmm. you know this person is quick and is like all over you um there was a lot of things that it was just like hey this is gonna be new but still you know, we love horror. But even this movie itself, like, you get a little... Because we've been doing this for a while, watching a whole bunch of sequels, um, they just become copycats of each other. Do you know what I mean? But this movie itself, through just kind of, um, you know, the twists and turns that it takes with the plot, uh, it also says to uh, to the audience, you know what, this isn't going to be your normal sequel. This is going to be something different, yeah. but it's going to have that homage too to it itself. Yeah. So not just Scream, but Scream Two itself well, is is kind of thumbing its nose and saying, uh, as far as sequels are concerned, hey, we are going to be part of that list that ha- that are good sequels. Yeah. And I think even sometimes this holds up even more than the first movie. In, in in itself, except for like when I when I said this to you yesterday, you go except for the scene where they were trying to f- find the cellular phone <laughs> of of, of yeah. the ghost face. I'm like, yeah, but like I just mean like the the feeling you have for it, and, and um, you know what I mean. Yeah, like it's hard to describe, but I think you well, you understand it, what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I I think this movie like I didn't get a sense of like I didn't look at it and go, oh my god, this movie is you know. <laughs> almost almost 25 years old you know i didn't, I didn't ever think of it like that yeah. it looked like the 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 filming and the content and everything it was still fresh for today i thought mm-hmm. and uh you know like that's the, my comment was the the cellular look look for somebody who has one of those rare cellular phones you know <laughs> trying to figure out who had it um but outside of that like 
which we see that in movies all the time. Where yeah. We're like, cell phones would have invalidated all of this. Yeah. But, the, uh, but no, I thought it was very well done. Um, yeah. <laughs> Not that the first one, because the first one is a classic, but it's so much a classic that that if you don't know the second movie, yeah. this is so this is so refreshing yeah. or so wonderful to take in as well that you don't want to forget about this one as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what I, how I feel about that. I don't know about you, John. Yeah. There's a, I think there's a whole school of horror fans that actually prefer scream two mm-hmm. to scream one, which, um, you know, Hey, more power to them. It is one of the all time greatest sequels ever. It's it just, it, it, it matched the intensity and the quality of the first mm-hmm. one. And, you know, going back to what you were saying with like Ghostface was kind of a, a different type of killer. Like, you know, indeed he wasn't like the the slow, monotonous walker or nonverbal. You know, I mean, Freddy was was verbal, but Ghostface was verbal in a way that was extremely menacing. And mm-hmm. and you know, n- now it's kind of like, oh, what's your favorite scary movie? But back then, that was <laughs> it was pretty fucking creepy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and uh, you know, and I just love that the same mind that brought us freddy krueger brought us you know or <laughs> brought to life Ghostface, and and uh i love how they drop little nods to nightmare on elm street yeah. through the first two movies mm-hmm. actually because uh i think in this one um sydney has like a red and green sweater yes. hanging in the dorm room <laughs> I saw that. And then yeah. yeah and then at the end when they kind of transition into the final act they play a piece of the uh, the music from the original nightmare, like when Nancy's getting ready and setting up all the booby traps in the house or whatever, nice. like they pay, play a piece of the music and uh, mm-hmm. scream too as well. So, nice. you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's so finely layered. There's so many winks at the audience. Like, you know, um, I was, I was telling my husband, um, cause who's not a horror fan that, you know, this genre in particular, um, it, it, you know, it, it self-references itself. I mean, all genres do that, but I was like in horror movies, it's just, it's really, it's really there. It's, it's, it's fun. It's always like an Easter egg hunt in every horror movie that you watch to see where they pulled yeah. inspiration from, you know, cause you know, this one pulls from Halloween, like, um, like I was saying with the theater, but also, um, Sydney's protective detail, the cops are, are uh, officer Andrews and officer Richards, which huh. was a, a nod to the, kids from halloween the the actors real names brian andrews and kyle richards and then um what else um when uh gail weathers is in the uh soundproof booth or whatever trying to get away from ghostface like in that maze you know so so there goes your little wink at the shining you know i just i I just love it you know you could sit there for hours and pick out these these little great uh easter eggs so Mm. just everything about it, it it's I consider the first Scream to be like a, a, as near perfect a film as there can be, but this one is right up there with it. So, mm, yeah. I agree. And I, yeah. I love that. And I don't know about you guys too, but I love the fact that we talked about that when they start going through and saying, "Well, you know, the sequels are always terrible." No, they can be better, mm. and start listing things off. Um, shortly after that, or like after some people start dying, they do the whole. Wait a minute the same names and they start like and i was like mm. okay so it's going to be basically they're just killing their way through the same list of people and as soon as they identify that and make you think that's where they're going with it then they're like nah just kidding we're doing our own thing and right. it's like <laughs> it's again just kind of basically saying yeah. like when we made the first one you thought we were going to be like these movies but we weren't we were our own thing yeah. and then in this one they were like you thought we were going to be like the first movie 
but we're not. I love, this movie is its own thing. I love how everything you need to know about the twists and turns of this movie are in the fake movie, right? So it's like all the clues are actually in the fake movie that you're that they're watching or they're they're showcasing. Yes, because you're like you were talking about how like in the Luke Wilson Tory Spelling uh, scene where they talk about his mom. Or like, do uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, oh, that's a wink to, you know, later on when it, when Laurie Metcalf's character yeah. turns out to be Billy's mom, it's just like, it's so great well, that and, like he gives you all he gives you all the answers right yeah. right in there. Well, and and Randy as our, you know, yeah. as our horror movie fan is kind of our surrogate for as a horror fan. But even him, because he gets killed, it's like it's like he's, you know, he's not he he himself. Is always trying to be two steps ahead of the killer, yeah. but he's not. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like they're they're killing him off and saying, "Hey, it's not what you think it is." Yeah, and that's well, just what I think. Even like as our surrogate with that too. Mm-hmm. Even he like he brings it up multiple times. Like he brings up Pamela Voorhees mm-hmm. uh, in I think when they're in the classroom. He brings in the up classroom Pamela Voorhees, and then he brings up. Uh, like later when he's ranting it at Ghostface over the the mobile phone, he uh, <laughs> he he mentions uh, he calls Billy a mama's boy. Yeah, uh, and really digs in with the mama references. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I was just like I think that was where I went. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Like I started to piece together a little bit. Yeah. But... Now we can't talk about this movie without talking about John's crushes. John, what are who are your crushes in this movie? In this movie, yeah. oh, I'm gonna go with Timothy Oliphant. Really? I mean, Mickey Mickey could get it a hundred percent. Yeah, I've always I, been... I, I, you know, of course, I'm uh, attracted to the deranged madman killer versus you know, sweet Jerry O'Connell. But you know, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Always, I was always a Lee of Schreiber. Like I, I thought, like uh, the first Scream movie was like the first time I ever saw him, and I was always like, oh, who is that? And so I was mm. always fascinated. Oh, I know, yum. Right, like, especially <laughs> like later yeah. on, you know, during that jaw, that jawline. Oh, that jawline, right? You yeah, know who has that jawline? Like Jeremy Sisto has that jawline. When it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it just. I'm, like a, kind of I'm crazy guy. about him. Not to, not to jump in, but I just uh, recently rewatched May and starring Jeremy Sisto, mm-hmm. and I just had to put my public love for him out there. Gorgeous. <laughs> <you know>, <laughs> Sorry, it's just, no. I totally understand that. Yeah. And I like beard Jeremy Sisto, but sometimes not beard. It's like Treat Williams should have a beard always, but uh, I don't know. I, I digress. I could go on. Anyway, um, <laughs> Jeremy, do you have any crushes in this movie? Um, I'm always a big fan of Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connor, yeah. Jerry O'Connor, you know. sorry. Yeah, the, uh, mainly because... You'll never guess my secret identity. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was a big I was a big sci-fi geek as a kid, and, and so like I I remember him from sliders that was Mm -hmm. like my big my big jam back in the day and so like i thought he was great in that um and of course uh i have a special place in my heart for him because he was the fat kid from stand by me but but no the uh i was was big on (laughs) well i mean i I think it's great we we all we all picked a different leading man that's that's great that's true no fights (laughs) everybody stake your claims i think i don't think (laughs) Rebecca Romaine, back off. That's, <laughs> I told her, get get out of town, lady. 
Now we ha- now we haven't talked about uh, some certain uh, uh, characters in this movie that did show up. Rebecca Gayhart and um, Portia de Rossi are the sorority girls, which we, you were like, wait, that's Portia de Rossi. I'm like, oh my yeah, I forgot she was in this movie. I, I was just like, oh, it's Rebecca Gayhart. Like I, mm-hmm. that was who I locked in on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and was, you were like Rebecca Gayhart, and then Ellen's Gayhart right there. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but no, I I. I saw Rebecca Gayhart, and then I was like, I wonder who the, if this other gal who's talking is anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked it up real quick and went, <gasps> Portia de Rossi. And I looked up right as she smiled. I'm like, yeah. it is Portia de Rossi. It is. There's a, there's a scene right after the, the classroom scene where they're talking to the sorority girls for the first time. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, John, but there's like these girls behind them. And we thought it was a uh, what's her bucket from my girl. Yeah. That was um, right, we were like, is that Anna Chlum- Chlumsky? Anna Chlumsky. <laughs> like, it looks like, it, it is. It, it looks like her, but like I don't her, think it is. It, it can't be. Well, they would have like put her in the credits. And like one she would, would she was pretty thing. huge at the time. In you know? 97? I don't Well, not 97, but she had a name for herself, right? Well, yeah, Did she I mean, just show up like on the set and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah like, Wes Craven's like, she yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, on a tour just, and just... <laughs> just stand there behind there. But yeah. No. Yeah. She, uh, we, we've been since last night, John, we have been like trying to do detective work to see if we could figure out who that girl was. <laughs> yeah. We were like, to the point where I like, I asked her on Twitter if that was yeah. her. No, but she that's amazing. Get on Twitter very often, so. <laughs> Yeah, so nothing. now we're gonna we'll have to call our agent or <laughs> right. see if we can you know I'm a fancy reporter I'd like to ask some questions about Anna uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus did Anna Chlumsky say anything on oh, Veep she might find out for us yeah she'll, she'll, she'll <laughs> she, find she out she will definitely waste her time on this she'll definitely she has nothing to do excuse me let me like uh, clear off my seven <laughs> Emmys so I can look that up for you come on <laughs> Um, I mean, it, it's totally possible. People just wanted to be a part of this, uh, this franchise is. at the point. I mean, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, who, who else? Uh, I think they said uh, Sarah Michelle Geller kind of took the part without even reading the script. And, yes. uh, you know, so it's just like people just wanted to be in it. So Can I tell you uh, I'm, I'm going to that... say she was. She was in the background. Yeah. Let, let, let's. Uh... <laughs> Let's start the rumor. It's true. If we keep repeating it, right? <laughs> that whole scene with Sarah Michelle Gittler when she's in the house, I thought that was so well shot. And so, like, uh, just everything about that was just so there, super yeah. on. There's a the um, there's a shot. And, like, a, there's a shot where, first off, like, the choreography between those ones. Like, when, when Ghostface is coming after any of the people, it's always a close shave. And uh, when when Ghostface is like, oh, there's something menacing to me about like Ghostface. Also, like, it isn't just like, again, slow and ambling. Like he, he's, you know, flipping the knife around and like it's, it's like a cat scratching at you. It's like it's quick mm-hmm. and it's you know it strikes like a viper kind of a thing. It's like, uh, he's chasing her around. And then there's a part where he, like, runs at her, and she kind of does this, like, duck and dodge move, uh, and he goes over her. Like, she goes under his arms mm-hmm. or under the knife, uh, but the camera follows with it. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is just so beautifully shot <laughs> at that point. Like, and then, you know, she starts running up the stairs to get away, and, but yeah, it was... And and kudos to her too because I'm sure that was her who was doing those yeah. moves as well. You know, it's 
she was physically fit enough to do that, yeah. and I'm glad that they. She was like, "Yeah, let's do. I let's think go all in." I think what makes this movie is that like everyone seems to be having so much fun while while making this movie, right? I don't feel like anyone's kind of like, "Yeah, I'm bummed that I'm in Scream 2. Like John said, like, yeah, we just assume that we're going to give it to her because everyone wants to be part of this, yeah, just kind of great experience. Um, but like, I love that uh, just everyone who really is involved with Scream always... Because I think... Did I read correctly that they wanted to kill off Gail and um, and um, Arquette's character? Is, is that what I... I thought I read that, that they were going I, to... I had read that too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they did. And I'm so glad they didn't, because it's just part of it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... Because you get final girls all the time, but, like, it's almost like a final family that yeah. they have with, with yes. them. That kind of just you know, transcends and kind of builds on the mythology that I like. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent. I, I, it's interesting that you said that. Cause you, you know, Nev Campbell is like a final girl, but like you said, it is a final family because like with scream, scream five coming, like if uh Dewey or Gail get it, I'm probably going to like break out in tears in the theater because <laughs> it, you're so attached to them after, after all these movies. And I just, you know, and it kind of scream Two set the tone of like, you really, you want to see these characters move forward, even though, you know, in, in, in slasher tropes, like it's, it's crazy that, that these three characters are still, alive in in the storyline of the the franchise in in movie five so it's uh yeah they set up something special there where you really care about these uh core three characters mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. uh meant to mention that chief hartley is played by lewis arquette which is oh, yeah. uh the arquette's uh father um who was in um christopher guest uh well, waiting for guffman waiting for guffman yeah. yeah where he plays the the guy that uh narrates the Ah, oh, beans. I like beans. Mm, yum. I could go on for ever. <laughs> I thought that was great that they had uh, David Arquette's dad. In well, yeah, it was. It's yeah. not just the a, Arquette family. Yeah, the, yeah. the Arquette family in general is, you know, right. getting in on the action. Yeah, the, they have a great uh, horror pedigree, yes. the Arquettes. Yeah. <laughs> All um, of them. I mean, uh, Alexis Arquette was in uh, Bride of Chucky. And, yeah, that's uh, true. Uh, was it... Was it Rosanna in Stigmata? Rosanna I think Stigmata. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I love that, uh, you know, uh, David and his dad are in the Scream franchise. So it's pretty great. <laughs> did I, on a side note, mm -hmm. did, did you, uh, John, have you ever seen Eight Legged Freaks? I actually have not. Okay. I, I made an Eight Legged Freaks joke last night and looked at Bradley and he was looking at me like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, no, not that. Okay. <laughs> it was. It was one of those things where, like, I had seen it advertised. I actually saw that one in the theater. For you saw a lot of things. I know, but for not really like, I think it was just because it was kind of like those. It reminded me of the old like, it's the attack of the fifty foot like a B movie monster that, like, kind of yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah, and so sure. I I really went for that back in the mm -hmm. day. It is every bit as you know cheese as you think it is, but the, <laughs> yeah. the uh, it's worth checking out. But it's like cheap. But it's like the um, so bad it's good movie kind of thing in a way. Where you can make fun of it, but you have a fun time, right? Am yeah, I, just, in, I don't in know. A way, yes, is it? I've never watched it. So, yeah. It's, I'm after it's a it Sunday out. afternoon kind of movie. <laughs> Should we go to our uh, five questions? Yeah, yeah. You all, you all ready, John, for our five questions? I'm so ready. I'm okay. so ready. All right. So first question. Mm -hmm. uh, Who's what, this? Do you want me to start? 
Um, yeah, why don't you get kicked okay. off here? Okay. Uh, what do you think was the best part of the movie? Um, oh, to be honest with you, um, God, everything clicks in this movie. Yeah. Everything clicks in the, in the right ways. Um, there's a lot of good death scenes in this movie. A lot of good kills. Um, the music is spot on. The the thrills and the tension are spot on. But I'm going to tell you straight up, my favorite part of this movie is Nev Campbell. And, I am, and I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't always a Nev Campbell fan. But there's something about her, especially during the scene when, she, when they're doing the uh, play production scene where they're going through... Um, and like all the, what, what play are they doing? I can't remember what play they're doing. I don't remember what, a, what it is. I knew that they, I thought that where she plays Cassandra. Cassandra. Yeah. Right. And I which, thought that scene was beautiful. And like, I thought which, it was great. And I just thought the paranorma that the, um, um, God, I can't think of that movie. Why can't I think of that movie? Uh, Suspiria. Suspiria. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, but I had that kind of like feeling mm-hmm. to it. And I thought, wow, like she's really good, and she's really good at the, the end, and she's really good at kind of like where you just kind of feel like when she takes a breath at the end of the movie, you're like, okay, now I can take a breath. Yeah. But she doesn't let up through the whole movie, and so I think my favorite part is Nev Campbell. Yeah, when when she grabs the axe and starts like mm-hmm. hacking at the board and start going, basically fighting back, mm-hmm. and not just in kind Which of is a, a shining like, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, not too. even just in a I'm luring you into yeah. whatever. She's like, a, I'm gonna come over there and kick your ass, kind of. Yeah. you know, I I was all on board. I was like, yes, like <laughs> I, you know, when it comes to to final girls, obviously somebody has to be, you know strong <laughs> the character has to be strong and have to be fighting for you know their survival and but everything. they have to be but, vulnerable too and yes. the way that she shows that yeah. is tremendous i think but, it, like kudos on her but for... like yeah i i am trying to think of like you know who's like when it comes to somebody like showing that they're powerful and working through that like she's she ranks right up there like towards the top for me so i definitely understand what you're saying but is that your favorite part of the movie no what is your favorite part of the movie? Well, it's John, what's your favorite okay, part? Okay, we'll ask John. <laughs> My favorite part of the movie, uh, I'm going to have to give it to Laurie Metcalf at mm-hmm. the end when when it's revealed that she is Billy's mother. Um, she played psychotic mm. so brilliantly, and it was really all in the eyes. If you noticed, mm. her eyes were wide opened crazy through that entire sequence, and she never gave up. And it never let down, and I I loved it. The finale was fantastic, mm-hmm. and um, what a great final twist. Like you said, they were referencing Mamas all through the movie, and even her character said something like, what if the killer was from Woodsboro? She asked Gail at some <laughs> point or something like that. So it was like, it was all there for you, and Laurie Metcalf, just like with her work in Roseanne and everything, she's just, she's a great actress, and it was so fun to see her in something so different, and she really knocked it out of the park but i i do agree with everything you said about nev campbell and that that scene um of the play in particular um was fabulous because they were talking about um it was basically the final girl you know as cassandra embracing her fate like she Mm -hmm. knew she was doomed she knew she was cursed and she she took that on and she started to really fight back from that point which is 
also another link to Halloween because there's that whole scene in the classroom where Laurie Strode's teacher is talking about fate. So there's a, a big thing about Laurie Strode and, and Sidney Campbell embracing their fate as survivors and final girls and doing what they need to do to vanquish mm-hmm. evil. So love all of that. But uh, for super favorite part, I'm going to go with Laurie Metcalf. Nice. <laughs> I didn't, you know, um, I didn't appreciate Laurie Metcalf until I got much older mm-hmm. um, when I started seeing her in more things. But when I was a kid, I just knew her from Roseanne. Not Lady Bird's mom. Well, yeah, I, was, <laughs> I did make a comment. This is the same way that Lady Bird ended, too. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but the um, I didn't appreciate her until I had was older and saw her in more things. I was like, wow, she can she has a wide range of acting yes. skills. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, now that I go back and see this, I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. It just adds to that. I'm like, you're, you're amazing, Laurie Mac. You can do whatever. <laughs> so um, I think my favorite part of the movie, um, I really like the cinematography in this, I think, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, all the actors do a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I sometimes in horror movies, like, you'll get, you know, weird shaky cams, weird inserts, or things that you're mm-hmm. kind of like... It just doesn't feel organic or like the way that certain like murder things cut away. Um, like I didn't really get the feel of that here. Like the whole, uh, John, you mentioned the like the the maze aspect mm-hmm. um, when she's going through like the, uh, the the foam walls and everything. Like all of that, my tension was up. Like mm-hmm. I felt like oh my god. And every time there was like a close shot, it was great. Um, they made sure to set up the shots really well with, um, I think it was like um, when the scene was starting with Sarah Michelle Gellar, she's, uh, she hands over the phone to, you know, her friend mm-hmm. and you see in the background, Ghostface like slide in through the door behind them. Like you see it happen. Yeah. Um, I think that mm-hmm. they, there are jump scares in this movie, but also like not to the point where it's just like, well, how the heck did that happen? Like, you know, you you got to really feel the tension, but you got to, like, were kind of, like, in on the... It wasn't a surprise for you because you knew they were in there. So you were feeling the tension the environment in a around way them, than they were. The environment around them yeah. plays a character itself. Yeah. yeah. And, and back to the scene, too, with, like, Cassandra, or where she was playing Cassandra in the school play, mm-hmm. um, you know, when Ghostface is there in the... Uh, in the crowd with like the other masked people like that first off was beautifully choreographed and smooth. Um, but it's so tense. And, uh, like I was just like holding my breath waiting for them to, you know, get through all of that. But like without the right cinematography with that, I think that, um, it, it, that could have been a really cheesy scene or just like, they could have done something, super easy and just shown Ghostface like in the wings and that's what she's freaked out about but they chose to like make it this very intricate mm-hmm. ballet still um I, I thought it was without the cinematography the way it was done and the the movement and the flow of things I think that this would not have been been as effective as as it was mm-hmm. agreed yeah 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 100 percent. question uh, two I, two uh, do you think this movie stands on its own? I'll pitch this one to John. We'll start. 
I, and I do believe it stands on its own. Um, I think anybody coming to the franchise fresh or having not seen anything would see this and really enjoy it. You, you know, um, you, uh, it's it's self-contained. I mean, there's certain aspects that you would benefit from having seen the first mm-hmm. one. But all in all, it's just if you're going to have a good time sitting with a bucket of popcorn, this is a thrill ride from the beginning to the end. You get the, the whodunit. You get the masterful kind of uh, over-the-top you know, kill scenes, everything that Randy describes makes the sequel better. You get the, you know, the, the more dramatic death scenes, you get the higher body count, you get these brilliant performances and it's just a good story. It's a lot of fun. So I, you know, n- nothing more eloquent than yes, a hundred percent. I think, uh, I think it's amazing. How about you, Bradley? I think the exposition is there. Like, like John was talking about where you get enough of, the first movie inside the, mm-hmm. especially with with stab the movie and then the news um the new stuff the exposition through that that you can yeah. um but like he's like john said it benefits to watch the first movie um especially knowing that the twist at the end oh she's the mom of you know uh, of the killer from the first movie. Yeah. So just knowing that a little bit, but I think the, yes. expo- the exposition is there, yeah. Like you can enjoy this without yeah. watching the first movie. I just think that you enjoy it even more when you watch mm-hmm. it back to back. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm with you on that too. I think this is a movie that can stand on its own mm-hmm. and it's obviously like, and John, we've, we've talked about this in the past too, where it's, it's weird how, um, sometimes there's movies where, they can completely stand on their own, but that doesn't mean that they're, they're good, good necessarily yeah. and vice versa. Sometimes you have movies that are a sequel that's fantastic, but there is no way in hell that it could, that you would know what was going on if you hadn't seen the first one. Mm. And so mm. it's, uh, it's weird. Like it's, and it's kind of an art with like how you, how do you reintroduce the audience to that yeah. information? Some are way more ham fisted. Like we watched the Sandlot too. <laughs> basically the first the first like 20 minutes of the film or the last 20 minutes of the previous yeah one, like, just playing 20 minutes of the film oh i guess that's God. a way to save on production costs is just to play the old one mm-hmm. but uh but like with this it's weird it's like i'm with you like it does stand on its own like i could watch this movie and i don't necessarily need to know it and the way they expose uh, do the expository information here is great like it's the telling it through the other movie like the the robert rodriguez parts um and the way they introduce the info makes sense but also it's it's not like i think it benefits from from the previous Mm -hmm. one like yeah you know knowing who like billy and Stu are or seeing like some of the past things and getting to to understand that a little bit more and what they went through or like mm-hmm. what happened to, to Dewey and you know, what was the deal with Gale and the previous, you know, uh, cameraman and all, all that kind of stuff. Like it helps to know the previous one. Um, so it, it's like, it stands on its own, but it's even better, you know, if, if it doesn't have to, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, question three, yeah. um, does this, make you want to watch the first one. I'll, I'll start out on this one. Okay. Absolutely. It makes mm-hmm. me want to watch the first one, especially wow. because I, um, 
little little personal shame, <laughs> you know, not appreciating it in mm-hmm. like I probably should have at the time. And you know, your tastes grow and change. Um, and so I think um, it does make me want to go back and watch the first one. It actually makes me want to watch the others in the series too mm-hmm. and like get a full picture for all of it. I think I have a new appreciation of, of, of the series simply based on this one, um, which is a good sign. Like <laughs> that if it makes you want to be like, hey, I'm going to check out You never the saw the third or the fourth. Oh, well, no, I've never seen I, the fourth. I've seen the third. Yeah I, yeah, I stopped after the first one because at the time I wasn't into it. Mm. So, But I've obviously changed a lot mm. since, you know, <laughs> way back. Um, so, so I'm, I'm ready to... Mm you know, go back and check those out and feel them again. And I think I want to go through and just, you know, watch the whole series of them mm-hmm. personally. So, um, I think I told you that it makes me want to watch the, the MTV TV series. I've never watched that. Oh yeah. So I wanted to, because I think, I think this is a great mythology that you can even build on. Like, even though when John was all like, um, well, I don't want Gail or Dewey to die. Yeah. I still think you can tell stories without them in particular and still have, I mean, it's not going to have the same impact, but it's going to, it could build more mythology and kind of spring forth either sequels, sequels or, or whatnot. And so I think the mythology is there through scream enough that, um, as long as it doesn't eat its own tail, yeah. that I would watch anything. Have have either of you guys watched the scream TV series? I haven't. Have you, John? I actually have not. No, nope. Interesting. I'm wondering. Now I'm like curious as to what. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the approach just, and what that's all about. I, I mean, I, to... I heard you know, okay things about it, but I don't know. You know, so yeah. Was it the what was the Friday the Thirteenth? The the TV, TV series? series Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, I think that. What one, about that? When I was younger, like I, I remember being disappointed. It wasn't like it was more the anthology. The anthology of yeah. it. Yeah. And maybe you could with this. Yeah, I don't you know, know what I mean. That's why I'm curious as to well, like kind of what it's yeah. made out as, oh. or like how it's built. So. What about you, John? Um, I I would definitely go back and watch the first one. Um, but in terms of the series, I would I would also watch it too. Um, uh, but yeah, I would definitely go back and watch the first one from this uh but it's hard to be unbiased uh i watch the scream franchise at least like once or twice a year in entirety but seeing this movie again in preparation for the podcast i absolutely want to go back and watch the first one if only <laughs> the fact uh to see it that the fact that they cast tori spelling as playing sydney in stab <laughs> you, you know the payoff comes if you had watched mm-hmm. the first one when she uh flippantly says you know with my luck they'd cast me as tori spelling so that that's a great <laughs> little uh <laughs> that's an, a great little nod back that they uh they did there but uh a hundred percent and um i i am curious to check out the series because i i've heard mixed things about it I remember watching like one episode for a few minutes, but I didn't give it a fair shake. But uh, I, I think I should be better than that and go back and see it too. <laughs> Can I tell you? I would watch Stab the movie. I would watch yes. the movie. I want to. I want to see that because I think that'd be fun. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, can I tell you too? This this makes me even like I very strongly disliked um, 
a scary movie when it came out mm-hmm. and this makes me even angrier at it now because it's just so i'm like <laughs> because it, it literally i'm like man you guys put in the minimal amount of effort into like yeah like parodying this no it just seems like you took the regular movie and just yeah you know whatever yeah. um question four yeah so uh reboot continue or cancel well, obviously, we've talked about that it's been going on yeah. through now going on to a fifth movie yeah. and a TV series. Um, but I mean, we don't know what the TV series is like, but I'm like, maybe make an anthology series based on the fact of Scream or things around, yeah. you know, the the town or whatnot. I don't know. Like, I'm, I, I'm just all about this. I'm about the, the, the themes of it, the aesthetic of it. Just everything about it. So I say continue. Okay. Yeah. How about you, John? Um, I definitely say continue as well. I'm I'm really, really curious to see where they're going to take it. In Scream 5, I, I am very happy that they got the original trio signed on to be in the movie. But I also realize that they're, they can't really keep these characters around forever if they hope to keep the franchise going into the future. So um, I'm just uh, curious how they're they're going to handle it. But l- like we've said, um, it's a very strong story mythos. So, you know, I'd be interested to see how, you know, Ghostface latches onto a new victim to stalk and whatnot. But um, it, it's just brilliant. I mean, I, I wish they could keep churning these out. But, um, you know, as long as it maintains the the quality of the the pre-existing movies but uh you know we'll see what happens but i'm a big fan of continuing the story yeah you know and i'm gonna have to say the same thing like just just based off this and like knowing that it is it's prompting me to go back and be like i want to know everything about what's already there um and just based on this i would want it to continue like and and John, to your point, too, like, I, you know, obviously you got to, you know, make sure the characters are strong and, you know, moving forward. You can't keep them around forever. So, like, how are you going to deal with that and how are you going to present them and get a new generation? Like, I'm curious to see that. And I would sincerely hope, like, they have they have some pretty big shoes to fill as far as I'm concerned. And so, like, to, you know, thinking about, like, well, how are you going to to do that and how are you going going to... uh, you know, keep that quality up. Like I'm intrigued. I want to make sure they do, but like, I'm willing to, uh, you know, go along for the ride to, mm-hmm. to, to watch them work on that. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I wonder if they're going to do it like a, a star Wars thing where they kind of bring back the old characters to kind of, you know, help introduce you to the new crop of faces. Oh, yeah. Maybe they're going to do something like that, but, uh, You know, I know um, they said Nev Nev Campbell agreed to kind of sign on to this because the the new filmmakers are sort of being true to Wes Craven's vision. Mm -hmm. And a part of a part of his vision for the Scream franchise was that he purposefully wanted to keep Sydney alive through all these movies because they had said famously one of his biggest regrets about the Nightmare series is that Mm. they took out Nancy in part three. And you know, she didn't get kind of like the send off that she deserved because, you know, Nancy is one of the most famous final girls as well. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just uh, it, it, I, I can't wait to see what they do. Like, the, this is a very highly anticipated movie, but we literally have another year to wait for Scream 5. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, I'm, I can't wait to go along for the ride on it. So, um, all right, let's, um, last question here. And so this is one, um, Bradley, I'll, I'll get you kicked off okay. just so we can kind of get the, that's fine. So you don't get the sense. This is always a tricky one. So, um, and I always bomb it every time. So well, good. There you go. <laughs> Be very confident about mm-hmm. it. The, um, uh, sum up your experience in two words. Great stab. <laughs> I did it this time. Great stab. <laughs> this is a great stab at it, like a sequel. Like these, this, when you think of not just horror sequels, but I think just sequels in general, this is one of the superior ones. Uh, I mean, regardless of just the horror genre, I think we've been doing this long enough that we know when a movie is relying too much on the original and when it when it's um stating something new and this movie is stating something new and it's willing to go forth and branch out into trying to make the story more than what it just originally was and so i think great stab is my two words okay booyah john how about you i did it (laughs) (laughs) um to quote the legend icon star Britney Spears, um, <laughs> I would say the two words for this are, is "gimme more." So, uh, <laughs> the, <Love> you, <laughs> um, the hallmark of uh, any good movie is if if it leaves you wanting more, and I think Scream Two absolutely leaves you wanting more. We just discussed how we're all gonna rewatch all the movies and even watch the the television series. So I think it it's perfect in that right that. It got uh, you know uh, us all excited enough to want to learn and see everything related to this uh, this group of movies. So give me more. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, uh, I love it. Um, I I thought strong showing. I I think that like it it just amazes me. Like every, every once in a while, I mean, we always have sequels where we're, where we're like, hey, that was pretty good. Like mm-hmm. it. You know, maybe it isn't as good as the first one, or maybe it like they tried to go in a different direction, and it's not the direction I would have gone in. But hey, you know, great. Like this movie to me, when I think of strong sequels that we've had, I think this movie it has to be near the top, if not the top, of like good, strong, solidly done sequels. Um, just looking at it from that perspective, this is an excellent movie. Um, which I'm sure I'm not, you know, <laughs> telling anybody anything they no. didn't already know. But like, I am, I'm extremely happy that this is the movie that we we watched and reviewed. Like, mm-hmm. I'm glad I went back and watched this, and it makes me kind of reinvigorates uh, me wanting to go back and see more of mm-hmm. this franchise and get to uh, like, you know, kind of. Uh, grow to love it a little bit more. Like this movie has really inspired me and tried to, you know, kind of got me into it a little bit more. Mm. So I, I really definitely appreciate that. Also, the length of this movie is just right. Yeah. Yeah. Never thought I'd say the length is just right, but it is. Sometimes <laughs> it is. You know what I mean? All right. <laughs> I think you've been deuced on this one, but John, where can people find Stan and where can people find John? Where can find people find anything that you do? I want to hear all about it. All right. Well, um, if you'd like to learn more about Stan and what he's up to, please see my uh, website, www.stanthemechanic.com. 
Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter handle at stand the mechanic and our Facebook group is stand the mechanic TV. Uh, I try to update as much as possible. So, um, if you want to check us out, check us out there. Uh, we are airing on here TV on all their streaming platforms. We have a new episode coming out on February the 8th where, um, Stan is alone in the workshop that night and he's looking for some company. So he's uh, <laughs> looking on uh, the new app, sure to grace your smartphones and tablets soon called Horror, H O R R apostrophe R. It's for uh, <laughs> supernatural creatures and the people that love them. So, yeah, Stan has a lonely night and he looks for some fun as he hosts the movie birthright on Ooh, february 8th good and where can people find us jeremy uh, people can find us at uh the deuce podcast.podbean.com uh google play uh, apple podcast stitcher most of those kind of podcatchers uh you can find us there uh you can find us on our facebook group uh the deuce podcast uh you can also find us uh and just to reiterate again we are not the hbo show the deuce Yes. Uh, we were here first. The, the, uh, Suck it, Franco. <laughs> uh, ooh. Oh, never mind. The, um, also, uh, you can also get us, uh, find us on Twitter, uh, at Deuce Podcast. Uh, so we'll uh, tweet things there. In addition to things from our other podcast mates at the No Phony Podcast Network, uh, you can find us uh, also on nophonynetwork.com along with our other podcast mates. Uh, lots of great shows there. Things ranging from sketch comedy. Uh, we have sports. British sketch comedy. British sketch comedy. Yes. yes. Um, even better. Uh, we have all sorts of things uh, ranging from talking about the eighties, talking about literature, um, talking about comics, talking about cereal. Yeah, talking about cereal, eating cereal with bitches. <laughs> uh, we we have that um, Canadian. Yep, all sorts of things, and we have. Uh, introduce some audio dramas so um you know we have how to survive in la uh we have uh of course new episodes of coyote's bluff uh so all sorts of things going on there so definitely check them out nophonynetwork.com um and there's links to uh, all of our shows right there check them out check up check out stan the mechanic um there and we appreciate you john for being yes, on thank you we so love much. it thank you so much for all the information and the fun times uh thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it i love it thanks guys big thank wolf you. big wolves to you right uh wolves and hugs oh thanks <laughs> all right and remember to wear a mask folks and the sequel is king
I don't know what it's all about I got so much to think about Yeah! 